as long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Potomy app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radiopotomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. Morning news on 710 KURV. Top newsmakers. Here's Sergio Sanchez. Dan Silva is leader of the Rio Grande Valley Chamber of Commerce, the Rio Grande Valley Partnership. It's time to catch up with some economic happenings. I know a few days back, Dan, you had a first ever real estate review from the partnership's perspective. How did that go? What did you guys learn as far as the state of real estate in South Texas? Good morning, Sergio. Good morning, morning, everybody. Well, we we learned that uh, we're in dire need of some speculative building. Uh, we're mm-hmm. under warehoused. We have a, a lot of industry that's looking to the Rio Grande Valley, and really, we need to start getting the uh, get the supply in in order in order to be able to bring these land these companies. Are there some technical challenges uh, that? that are just natural to the development, to the investment, to some of that. We got the land. I know we may not have it in landlocked McAllen, but uh, we definitely have the land across South Texas. What's holding up investors on the sideline? Is it technical reasons or is it just the state of the economy and the price of money? What is it? Well, so I think it could be a little bit of a lot of things. Um, most importantly, when a company is looking at, at relocating, you know, time is money. And, when they're looking into a region, they they want to be able to move into a space as quickly as possible. That's why I meant about the speculative building. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in the day, we used to have a lot of available warehouse. And so when a company was looking for 200,000 square feet with dock high and 28-foot ceilings, we had that. But we don't. So it takes time to build, um, to go through the the building process, to get permits. Um, it just it becomes time-consuming. So a lot of times companies will, will cross us out because well, we don't have the space for them yet. Yeah. Um, the money to a point can be an issue, but I think right now people are realizing cost of business is going up. Um, so they're understanding that they have to pay those higher rent rates or those higher per dollar square foot line costs, which we still are less expensive than a lot of other regions, even in the state of Texas. So yeah. Yeah, that is an, an inhibitance, but not as much. There was a very interesting business story last week that I had mentioned Dallas and Houston were number one when it came to empty office space, empty commercial space. But it's not because the economy is hurting in Texas. On on the flip side, it's Boomtown USA. And we got Reshore and companies also relocating from more expensive places like the West Coast. They're coming to Texas all the time. It's that out there in Houston, Dallas, you have investors that have been They've been building. They've been setting up commercial sites all over the, the place, and that square footage will soon be filled up. Where are the investors for South Texas? Or, or maybe can we spur some Mexican investors to build the you know, prospecting warehouses down here? It's, it's, it's like we're losing out to Houston and Dallas and other places because we don't have the warehousing down here. Yeah, so, so those companies are still, just by nature of the beast, looking at the large metros. And they, more importantly, they don't know about South Texas yet. They're starting to learn. Uh, so we're starting to hear more companies say, oh, where are you from? We say McAllen. Oh, yeah, we know where that area is at. So that's a good thing. But so they're, they're still looking at larger metros. Uh, but to your question, I think that, yes, there could be some uh, some of these investors build in our area. You know, you mentioned reshoring. You know, that is something that we're starting to experience because a lot of companies are trying to get as close to the market as possible with all of the free trade agreements that Mexico has, you know, they can really reach the entire world and, and pay less per unit cost. But uh, it's a chicken and an egg. A developer really would need to come in and build a spec space because by the time a business is looking at it, they know specifically what they need. But most importantly, they're trying to get there as quickly as possible. Uh, at our event, there was introduced a, uh, a really interesting concept of, of fast-paced building. It gets chopped about six months off the construction phase. So Brian Godinas with the ERO Architects and uh, Shay Johnson with Alamo Industry 
are developing a process that's almost like Lego blocks. You need 100,000 square feet. Huh. It's already pre-approved by a uh, by a planning department. They already know what is what all is needed, so the planning phase goes a whole lot faster. Dan Silva is with the Rio Grande Valley Partnership. Yeah, Dan, Tim Sullivan here. And staying on your comment uh, a moment ago that, that we are under-warehoused, um, and I know you alluded to this, but, but why is that? Because from what I'm reading, uh, industrial parks are being built. Westlaco, I think Roma's got one coming up. Edinburgh, Harlingen uh, have a couple, two at least, in those cities. Should we be okay, though, once, once these parks are completely developed? Good morning, Tim. Yes, great question. Short answer, yes, we will. Long answer, we saw this coming. Um, you know, we went through a couple of economic shifts uh, across the country to where uh, at one point, if you all remember back in the you know, early 2000s, uh, early 2010s, we had a lot of spec space. Uh-huh. But then we didn't have any companies that were looking. We had a lot of companies that, that defaulted. We had a lot of companies closed down. And so it left the space. So somebody didn't want to sit with uh, a vacant space on their books and you know, it just wasn't good for business. So they stopped constructing. Well, I think the industry has caught up again. I see. Yeah, a lot of the cities, a lot of the cities saw this six months ago, eight months ago. And so they started developing, but back to the point, if you're going to develop an industrial park to put the water sewer, all of the infrastructure underground, it takes time. So, Yes, I I think six to 12 months from now, we're going to be sitting a whole lot better than we are right now because there are a lot of industrial, new industrial parks that are coming online and they're selling up, they're selling out fast. So yeah, we're, we're trying to fix the problem. Yeah. Well, it's hard to have a crystal ball, um, I guess, when, when you're looking at speculative uh, industries and, you know, people trying to determine who's going to be coming in. It really is. And what is the space that they're going to need and how tall are how high are their ceilings? How many docks are they going to need? I mean, are, do they need to be uh, cold storage? Because we started to see a lot of that with the with the produce industry. So, yeah, it's hard to to have that crystal ball. But I think some of our developers locally are are, are trying their best efforts at getting it taken care of. Are they killing folks and the roads uh, investors and and some of the work that they're doing closer to the bridges? Is that going to help solve? some of the square footage that we need in the next 24, 36 months? It definitely will. The Killams are building their Anzal Duas. I mean, their Sherry Business Park uh, just northwest of the Anzal Duas International Crossing. It's 175, 190 acres. And I want to say that they're probably about 70% leased out. Hmm. uh, Or I'm sorry, 70% under LOI. And so as that comes up, they're going to be filling up quickly. So yes, they are trying to uh, trying to address that issue. I think that they're in, in a prime location because of, you know, the expansion of the Anzal Duas Bridge, and there's a lot of activity that's taking place along the military highway. So, yes, they're building an industrial park that, uh, in Mission. Roads is, you know, they're doing phenomenal on the, really, all across. The residential, they're building a lot of homes, um, so they're helping for us. They're helping us as we're attracting the companies. We have places for their employees to work, and, uh, yeah, they're working on on mixed-use developments also. And Dan Silva is the leader of the Rio Grande Valley Partnership. Give us a status report on the One Valley, One Voice, the unified marketing effort on on behalf of all entities and EDCs down here. How's that coming along? At some point, cities would need to fork over a bit and put some marketing cash in that piggy bank. Yes, and that's where we're at right now. We're, We're in the planning phase on what are the deliverables. We're talking to the cities to see, you know, what what works financially for them. This isn't going to be a pay-to-play. This is going to be, you know, really an effort to everybody who can pitch in, who can contribute, are, are doing it for the cause of the entire Rio Grande Valley. Um, but we're we're working on that formula right now. You know, are we doing a flat rate? Are we going to be doing per capita or based on their their revenue stream from retail sales tax? We're trying to dial that into to find the best uh, the best way for for municipalities, EDOs, and even the private sector to contribute. Uh, but we're, we're getting there, and, and we still have a lot of support. All you know, 47 cities across a four-county region, uh, we all understand that we do need to work together. Um, one region, one voice, you're starting to hear it said more often. Uh, at all the conferences that I'm attending, at, at, at all of the, the gatherings, people are – you see it. There's more 
camaraderie isn't even the word. It's just more partnership. It's working okay. together. So yeah, and I've, I've got about uh, twenty thirty seconds left uh, uh, after you develop the the budget for that voice. What is that voice going to say? Then the messaging that still needs to be determined for the sake of economic development so, or for the sake of tourism or things like that. It's going to be a, a lot of sectors. Tourism is important. Uh, economic development is going to be our, our, our main focus on the, the outward message. You know, what are all of our assets? What do we have uh, going for us? What does our development look like? You know, we mentioned the development earlier. When people, when companies start to see who is located in our region, it start will start a trickle effect on other companies that are of similar type industry or competitors even, but really starting to become more aware of the region. So we'll be talking about healthcare, economic development, workforce training, really positive messaging to get all right. The rest of the world to understand who we are. Dan, thank you for your time. The director of the Rio Grande Valley Chamber of Commerce, that's the Rio Grande Valley Partnership, that's Dan Silva. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Download the free app for 710KURV and all our sister stations at Radio United. Crisp, clear audio and access to previous programs from 710KURV only at Radio Parami. Download it. It's free. Our medical school here in the Valley is going to be home to the first ever Maternal Health Research Center. And one of the local leaders helping with this is Dr. Candice Robledo, and joining us right now from UTRGV. Dr. Candice, appreciate your time today. So tell me about this developing center and why there's a need for it in South Texas. Sure, absolutely. Good morning, and thank you for having me this morning. Um, the Maternal Health Research Center um, will be in operation, or at least refunded, for the next five years. Um, our hope is to build capacity to build maternal health research, or sorry, to conduct maternal health research, but also um, hopefully to find ways to keep the center going for many years. And the reason that this is so vital and important in the Valley um, is because um, there's lots of data out there that is showing that women living in border counties um, are experiencing more adverse health outcomes during pregnancy and following delivery uh, when compared to women living in non-border counties um, and that comparison stands with women living across the state in the United States. So there's something definitely going on here. We're hoping to figure out what is driving a lot of these health disparities and conduct research to address that. How do you think the research will evolve over the next uh, couple of years? Will it be? Uh, will you be following a specific population group? It will be questionnaires. Will Will there be some uh, blood work done? I mean, how do you think it develops? Right. You know, uh, we anticipate a little bit of everything, but initially this first year, uh, we're really just hoping to talk to um, women that are currently pregnant or that have delivered within the past 12 months um, and have conversations with them about what their experiences have been, um, you know, having children in the Rio Grande Valley, what they think their needs are. Um, in years two and three, we also hope to be talking to those women to participate in more um, what we call intervention studies. Um, so we think a lot of the drivers of these health disparities in our region are attributed to behavioral health. Um, so mental health, like anxiety, depression. Um, and so we're hoping to design interventions and test them that increase women's resilience uh, during these critical times in their life. Uh, to make them or to help them be the best uh, women and the best um, moms that they want to be. From UTRGV School of Medicine, on behalf of the developing Maternal Health Research Center, is Dr. Candice Robledo. Dr. Robledo, good morning. Tim Sullivan here, and kudos on, on this grant 
for what will be a much-needed facility for the Valley. But, um, you know, my first thought on this was there's been a lot of research already done on this problem, these health disparities. And, you know, at this point, we pretty much know that the pregnancy issues that exist for Valley women, uh, at least contributing factors, are poverty, cost of health care, cost of health insurance, poor access to health care for the population we're talking about. So we know what's we know a lot about what's causing these disparities. Can we, can we get money to move on to working to solve the problems? Yeah, you're absolutely right. We, told, we wholeheartedly agree with you. In fact, that's what the, the type of research that, uh, that we will be conducting. Um, you know, like you were saying, the reasons for these health disparities are really multifactorial in nature. It's just not one thing. And so the interventions um, that we're designing really have to you know, consider that um, and help address all of those factors simultaneously. Um, so the School of Medicine for the past several years has been working to integrate behavioral health consultants in primary care, and it's doing a really good job. We see there's a lot of evidence to show that that type of model, when you integrate behavioral health care uh, mm-hmm. consultants in a clinic, that you reduce depression, you help address anxiety, um, you make a more resilient community. We want to see if we can adapt that type of intervention for community settings. And we'll be working with promotoras yes. to train them to do that type of work within community settings so women don't have to come to the clinic uh, to receive that kind of help and services. Can you talk more about that, the community health workers um, who are already in the colonias? What will be their role? Yeah, absolutely. So we will be partnering uh, with the South Texas Promotoras Association. And as you know, community health workers are trusted messengers within the community. Um, You know, they have a lot of clout. Um, They can help inform our research. So they'll be helping us design some of these interventions. But we will also be working with them to um, develop a curriculum to train them to do this type of work. Um, And then they'll help us test it using research studies. So we're really looking forward to working with them this time in addition to be a trusted messenger uh, and an individual that brings education and knowledge to the community. They will also be helping us design and test these interventions. So we're really, really, really looking forward to it. And we're leveraging partnerships that we've made over the last several years. What's the estimated timeline for when this Maternal Health Research Center will open its doors? Yeah, absolutely. So the first year we've designed it as a planning year. So we're, again, we're getting all of our ducks in a row. We're formalizing our partnerships. We're, you know, designing these curriculums in collaboration with South Texas Ramosotas Association. Um, and then de- during years two through five, we'll actually be recruiting women into research studies. And so this first year, we're just trying to plan everything accordingly. Um, but, you know, Please, you know, if you're a community member and you're interested in these kinds of studies, please stay tuned, and we hope to be talking to you more formally soon. You mentioned some of the more commonly known disparities, income and access and all that, but we have a very fluid population here in South Texas, and it's no secret. A lot of folks come over from Reynosa, come over from Atamoros, and birth children here. So as you develop the data set for this and consider nutrition, environmental factors, well, you got a, quite a challenge to make sure you properly define the environment and the nutrition, Mexico versus the Valley. That's got to play into some of the, the data that you will de- be developing. Yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. Just because there's a national border between Texas and Mexico doesn't mean that the health disparities are any different. It doesn't mean that the problems are any different. Any different. The really cool thing about the research that we're going to be doing here at the center is that it can be taken and adapted elsewhere to help Hispanic women um, with similar, um, you know, needs. And so, you know, we're definitely hoping um, we don't right now have any formal partnerships with collaborators um, in Mexico or along the border, but maybe that's something we can definitely explore in the future because, as you noted, um, some of our problems are the same. Yeah. How big would your research team be, Doc, do you think? Um, You know, there's several of us uh, throughout the School of Medicine. 
Um, our, the main investigators on this study are, are me as a principal investigator, Dr. Deepu George, who's the director of integrated behavioral health at the School of Medicine. Uh, we also have a biostatistician on our team, Dr. Michael Makirlati, an epidemiologist from the University of Texas School of Public Health at Brownsville, Dr. Audrey Cho. We also have a medical anthropologist, um, Milena Dijerina, just to name a few. So we have a small research team right now to get started, but again, we're hoping to find more funding to grow the center um, and encourage other investigators across the valley that yeah, may well, be interested in examining these kinds of things to, to conduct research in the future. And being part of the medical school, I'm sure you have plenty of uh, foot soldiers and some that need to do some research, research papers as well at the university, at the medical school to help you out. Uh, Best of luck, Doc. Thank you for joining us. Keep in touch, Dr. Candice Robledo from the Developing Maternal Health Research Center at UTRGV School of Medicine. Only News Talk Station, News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Between now and the end of the year, it's a 60-day campaign. No refusal. Authorities pull you over. They suspect that you're drinking and driving, driving while intoxicated. You say no to a breathalyzer, well, they're going to take you into custody. you got to roll up your sleeve. you got to provide a, a blood test. Eddie Guetta is our sheriff in Hidalgo County. Well, welcome back, Sheriff. Is this a valley-wide program, or is it only for Hidalgo County, the next 60-day no-refusal program? No, this program is just a Hidalgo County uh, program. Yes, sir. Not like, not like the other uh, non-refusal where we have all the four counties participating, but this one is an initiative by the Hidalgo County District Attorney and, and the uh, all our state and local law enforcement partners. All right. What does this say about how bad the problem, DWI problem, is right now in South Texas, Sheriff? Well, you know, uh, here recently we've just we've just seen an increase in um, in uh, intoxication. Uh, mans- I mean, uh, mm-hmm homicides you know Injury, and, and uh, death, yeah. we just we just uh we just need to do something about it and uh so um, you know edinburgh went city of edinburgh went into a, a no is now a no refusal city and we'd like to have a lot of, of the other well we'd like to have the whole county yeah. uh, a, a, a no refusal so we can uh, uh just uh, you know keep keep our uh, our citizens safe or or all our citizens you know uh, you know we have uh, it's, uh you know our families that drive during the drive down here and yes, and um it's been a it's been a problem and it's been increasing here uh yeah. here uh, recently yes so, sir. Uh, and it's been around for a long time sheriff uh you, you know i i was commenting on this i mean i remember news reports i'm dating back two decades sheriff uh where texas was number one in the nation for dwi hidalgo county yeah. was number one in texas which made us the number one in the nation is a chronic problem any thoughts on what else can be done outside of you know no refusal to push back, uh, I don't forget taking the keys away. Well, do we need to lock these folks up? Or what do we need to do, Sheriff, to properly enforce this? Well, uh, you know, all the, it's, it, it takes it takes a, a community um, effort to do this, and we're going to do our part as as part of the uh, law enforcement community to make sure that um, that we crack down. And 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 you know, it takes uh, our media partners to make get that message out there. Continue to. Um, have that message put out, you know, um, you just, you just take, a, you know, seatbelt when, when, uh, when that became uh, a law and how, uh, how long it took, uh, that, that's what we want. We want, we want everybody to know that, uh, that, uh, drinking and driving is not acceptable. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's time that, that, um, that we become responsible, uh, adults. And, and if you're going to decide to consume alcoholic beverages, um, you know, we just got to have a plan to, to get home safely. 
We got different branches of government and from law enforcers to prosecutors to judges. And sadly, there was one big case recently, Sheriff, and I know it was all the talk in the county and at the courthouse. A young woman responsible for the death of a man in his 60s who slammed her vehicle 100 miles per hour into his vehicle. He hits a pole and burns to death inside his vehicle. That woman, she's not going to stay jail, pretty much gets probation for a, a long time. And that judge that put down that sentence, sir, we, we can't go on with, with sentences like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I'm glad that the community pushed back on that. Uh, I just want to remind them, you know, we've got, we've got 14 district judges uh, here in this County. And that was, that was a decision of only one district judge. Uh, that was so, disgraceful. <laughs> uh, sure. Disgraceful. Uh, and, but, uh, <clears throat> I think, I think, the, I think the community, um, voice uh their their concerns on that and i think it was well, i think it was it was heard all right sheriff for Hidalgo county eddie getta joining us again 60-day campaign no refusal sheriff tim sullivan here so how much is law enforcement going to be beefed up through the holidays through this uh 60-day no refusal campaign will there be a noticeable increase in patrol vehicles on the roadways the highways uh, back streets whatnot with officers looking specifically for drunk drivers so we got a commitment from our state partner which is our, our largest partner our, our, our uh, dps troopers uh they're committed uh, uh to getting those uh troopers kind of kind of away from that border mission and uh and for the next 60 days they'll they'll, they'll concentrate on um on this initiative now we the sheriff's office we all we will always step up our our uh our patrols during during those uh, during those holidays, and we'll have the extra patrols. But during these 60 days, uh, uh, now all, all the um, the patrol deputies and our support deputies are out there. Uh, if they come across a a, a intoxicated driver, well, they'll they'll do the um, they'll do the the if if they refuse, they'll do the blow, blood warrants. Mm-hmm. Normally, uh, I'll have five one supervisor and five deputies out on these no refusal um, weekends. Uh, but this time, all 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 the uh, patrol deputies will be uh, will be on on alert. Well, I saw the video promoting this no refusal campaign from yesterday. Will there actually be Grinches out there arresting people? <laughs> well, that, that was just you know just to tell the public. I mean, the, yeah. you uh, you drink and drive. Well, that Grinch is definitely going to uh, steal your 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 holiday from you because uh, uh, it's 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 you're you're in for a. Uh, for you know a lot of pain uh going through that criminal justice system uh so uh he's definitely going to ruin your holidays do referring to something you mentioned earlier too do you see the day when no refusal is permanent in hidalgo county like 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 it is in cameron county i believe and in the city of edinburgh itself yes correct uh this is this is something that the the da and i talked about you know i said let's let's just baby step this thing and and I think we can do it. Uh, so, uh, you know, instead of a, a no refusal weekend, let's just do the 60 days and uh, see how that goes. And and uh, we'll just uh, uh, learn from mistakes and, and, and uh, we'll continue on with our best practices on, on getting this uh, county a, a no refusal. It takes, again, it takes, uh, it takes you know, judges, it takes our, our medical, and it takes law enforcement um, to, uh, to become all to work together to become a, a no refusal county. So we're getting there. We're getting there. I, I, I see. I see. Uh, I see us there uh, after this campaign. I think we'll we'll uh, we'll know what our obstacles are becoming a, a no refusal county. Eddie Guerra is our Hidalgo County Sheriff. Top of mind, Sheriff. Real quick. First time offense. Second time offense. Third th- third time offense. Um, what happens to an individual that? is convicted for DWI. Just care to share some thoughts? Well, you know, uh, your first time uh, offense, uh, DWI, and, uh, you know, the, the the county court judges have a lot of discretion, uh, and you know, the DA um, has a, a lot of discretion on your first time. And there's, there's programs out there. You have pre-trial diversions. Um, you have to go through, a, through uh, some classes and, and uh, some but uh you know once you get your second of course your third your third uh, dwi is that's a felony and um 
uh, there's mandatory jail time uh, with those with those uh, convictions. But that's what we want. I mean, we want to make sure that that um, that we have in these no refusal we have all the evidence to make sure that that uh, our prosecutors have everything they need for a for a successful conviction. Uh, normally, uh, you know, uh, if you don't if they refuse the breathalyzer. Uh, and they're just going to go on the on the testimony and the and the video, but once you have a breathalyzer or a, a blood alcohol content, uh, you pretty much have all the evidence you need to, for for a conviction. So, um, uh, and then people people will learn. Now, also, um, you know, our county courts because of our we have a an overpopulated jail. Uh, these judges are not sentencing. Uh, these individuals, when they're caught, caught, you know, with the second time DWI, but after we uh, get that Willacy County uh, jail up and running, we'll have room for these county court judges to uh, to actually start sentencing these people that uh, that that didn't learn the first time, and they they can't sentence them for 30, 40 days in the county jail. Well, yeah, it's uh, everybody's got to row in the same direction. You got to catch them. That's you. You got the DA's office prosecute, and you got to convict and. That case I mentioned at the beginning, a scandalous case where a 30-year-old woman got 10 years probation. Her car was going at over 110 miles per hour and hit the back of a, of a vehicle. The guy got to see now he burned beyond recognition, and she got 10 years probation. Yeah, you need a, a judge that properly uh, you know, sentences someone for something like this. And 10 years probation is not, is not it. Yeah. And what's sad, and what's sad is that... that uh, the family uh, of that victim, you know, is, is uh, victimized again. Yeah. No, we had we, we had the you folks know, that, at, at that, Mad that, Mothers that, Against that. Drunk Driving telling us they, that the groaning and the emotional heartache in the court. Mario Ramirez, three thirty second court, by the way. That's the one that uh, sends, uh, you know, put down that so-called punishment in that case. All right, Sheriff, thank you for your time. Our Sheriff, Eddie Guerra from Hidalgo County. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Para Mi app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Our McAllen Police Chief is Victor Rodriguez. Vic, welcome back. Hey, before we talk about drunks and DWI, I just want to get your quick thoughts on what the FBI Director Christopher Wray was telling senators. In his words, the threat of terrorism in our country has hit, his words, a whole other level. Sidebar mentioned to this. We had Alejandro, Mr. Alex Mallorca. He was talking this week about not only the close to one million people processed by Border Patrol and released into the country, but he mentioned like closer to between 600,000 and 700,000 gotaways, getaways. Well, this increased threat of terrorism in our country because of the, the flare-up in, in the Middle East right now. You confident that there's good enough coordination, cooperation, local police, McAllen, other local agencies, DPS, and where it counts when it comes to stuff like this with the feds where you can rapid response and protect soft targets? And we got a lot of soft targets coming up for Christmas and tourism coming up here in McAllen. What do you think? Mm, uh, I- Sure, Sergio. I, I would say to you that at McAllen PD, we, we are constantly in communication with our state and federal partners. It's a, it's, um, it's a process uh, that we uh, subscribe to regularly, and since the Israeli-Hamas event began, uh, that, that communications process has um, increased uh, in terms of the frequency with which we speak. So the short answer to your question is yes, um, dynamics have changed. Um, and we cannot be naive to the fact that, um, that that has happened. And we've got lots of different things going on in our city that we, that we must, it's necessary and it's incumbent upon us to make sure that we stay on abreast of as much as we possibly can um, and that we are prepared to the extent that we can. 
about what we know, uh, should should we be uh, stricken by uh, a related activity? So we pray that that none of that ever happens, um, and we pray that if something should happen, that we are as well prepared as we can be to react and to minimize uh, the only incident some, yeah. to the extent that we can. So we're we're um, we we are, I think, taking the steps necessary to re- to do everything that we possibly can to be ready. Yeah, there's only so much you can do. I'd like to think that now more than ever. Maybe you're having coffee with these folks and being briefed on some of the chatter that you guys can't communicate with anybody else. But I'd like to think that those meetings and those briefings are taking place more often than not. I'll leave it there. And if it's not happening, I hope you can make a couple of phone calls and you guys have a, sit down, eat some donuts and coffee with these people. And so, uh, I would say to you about that is the answer, the short answer to that is yes. Okay. But given the, given the, the dynamic situations that we're dealing with today, uh, those conversations extend when well beyond the city of McAllen, well beyond the state of Texas. We're 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 reaching uh, national level conversations on a more regular basis than before. All right, sir. Victor Rodriguez, our police chief for McAllen. You know, as I was telling you all this stuff, and, and you were answering for for some days now. I've been I've been reminded of the impressive and. I would say overpowering security presence that takes place during the McAllen Christmas Parade. We got choppers left and right in the sky. We got officers all over the place. And obviously we're going to see that again for the, the glorious big Christmas parade that's going to be broadcast statewide here in McAllen uh, pretty soon. Let me ask you about DWI because we got um, 60 days and counting of this no refusal thing where people get pulled over. Somebody gets pulled over for a suspected DWI. If they do not breathe into that breathalyzer thing, then they have to roll up their sleeve and provide some blood to see how much alcohol is in their system. Take me through that process. Vic. How does it work? You get pulled over. Some intransigent intransigent says, no, 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 I'm not, I don't want to blow into that thing. Do you like take him in, take that person into custody, go back to PD or, or to a clinic? How does that work? Uh, yes, sir. So, so in short, um, once someone is, is let's say um, detained for some traffic violation of sorts, and then he or she is suspected of being under the influence while operating that particular motor vehicle. Um, then uh, we we we've reached the point of probable cause to make the arrest for driving under the influence. At that point in time, the driver has an opportunity to breathe into the system and let us know what his alcohol breath content is. And if that person refuses, then we're prepared at that point in time to basically uh, approach a, a judge. A judge will issue a warrant. Once the warrant is signed, we transport that person to a medical facility and take his or her blood samples. So uh, the essence of a, a no-refusal period, and, and it, it goes with our holiday season coming up, mm-hmm. um, we, we want it to be the safest Christmas ever this year. Uh, we've had horrendous events and incidents with DWI and drunk drivers, deaths in our county in the last, in the last year or so. So, so we've, we've come together as, as the law enforcement community, both of the state, the, the sheriff's department, the local agencies, to, uh, to attempt to make this holiday season the safest ever. And we have enlisted um, well in advance the help of the Grinch. The Grinch is on our streets. He has delivered the 60 days of Christmas. He has had a change of heart, and he wants to make Christmas a good Christmas for everybody as opposed to a drunk driver who may ruin Christmas for somebody. Which would require maybe a little bit of overtime at your office and other police departments in Hidalgo County, right? And sheriff's office as well. A little bit of overtime overnight? Uh, yes, sir. And, and for that, we thanks to TxDOT, we've, we've got a variety of what we call uh, transportation grants that we use for, for that process in addition to our regular enforcement programs. I don't know where I heard this. I think this was an Hidalgo County stat for this year. So far, we're up to about between 900 to, and 1,000 DWI, 30-some-odd deaths. Is that correct? The the average. Now, the sheriff uh, uh, observed the fact that last year, or that is currently this year, we're somewhere near the uh, the area of 30, 3,800 or so DWI charges <laughs> in this county so oh, far this year. The average in previous years has been around, and this is, I'm talking about the COVID years. In that period of time, we were down to about 2,400. That's increased. That's the reason we're doing this. Um, we've had over 900 of those DWI events that result in accidents, and on the average, in oh, in Medalla County, we experience about 30 deaths a year. Now, there are years we've had 34, 36, but the average has been 30 years of deaths, 30 deaths a year. Yeah. 
that's one too many deaths. I love and the valley. One too many yes, carriage sir. drivers. Absolutely. I, I love the valley. I love my neighbors. But I got to say, Chief, uh, one thing that does embarrass me is uh, I, when I hear about DWI cases and I see another, like, sometimes they have local officials or local cops that get pulled over in DWI. That's the first thing I say. It's like we're one of the worst areas in the country, chronically worst areas in the country when it comes to DWI. Together, I think our, our law enforcement agencies, um, we, we seek to, and uh, with the Grinch's help this year, um, we wanted to be a safe Christmas for everybody. Mm-hmm. And we've started early, and uh, we've begun what we call the 60 Days of Christmas. All right, Bill. Be safe, Chief. Again, thank you for yes, sir. Uh, indulging yes, sir. us all thank the time. You. Victor Rodriguez is our police chief in McAllen. You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Taking up my kids from school. From work to kids to running errands. Your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURB. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. The director of the McAllen Chamber of Commerce, Elizabeth Suarez, joining us right now. We've got so much to talk about. Here we go, Liz. It's Super Bowl time when it comes to tourism. We got the best part of the year. With lots of tourism coming in from Mexico, lots of shopping. But then, of course, the big parade around the corner. You've got the month-long Christmas celebration at the campus there at the convention center. Man, where do we start, Liz? Uh, you got to advertise all this. And likely some of that I suspect you're doing in Mexico, right? Oh, yes. We're super excited to be welcoming the holiday season. It's a big deal for us in McAllen. As you know, our holiday parade has become a destination event, not just for people in the Rio Grande Valley, but for people in the South Texas Triangle coming to visit us, and especially a lot of a lot of people coming in from Mexico as well, um, northern Mexico particularly. But we're excited to continue to promote it. Uh, the McAllen Holiday Parade will take place that first Saturday of December. Lots of fun activities for families to come and enjoy the holiday season with our children and with our friends. It's just going to be a wonderful time. We launch with Parade that first Saturday. Uh, Kickoff time is 6.30 in the evening, but a lot of events for the family that whole weekend. We start with Christmas in the Park on Friday, lots of local talent, great food, and uh, carnival rides for kids. It's just going to be an amazing experience again this year. You mentioned the South Texas Triangle, Corpus, Laredo, down to us as well. So is the chamber also reaching out, advertising up there? Hey, come down and see the parade. Come down and enjoy the Christmas park at the convention center. You know, we've been really proud of what we've done as a team, both the chamber, the city. When we work with convention center and airport, we really uh, try to focus uh, as a collaborative effort all of our monies and so we are really proud to be fully engaged in all of the marketing for our tourism offerings and for all of the different economic development offerings that the city of McAllen has. Uh, We have uh, a pretty robust campaign throughout northern Mexico and other key segments in Mexico. As you all may have heard, uh, the airport just launched Mexico City flights and so that tends to be another important market when the flights are in place. And then, of course, that South Texas Triangle. We really go out for the community in Corpus, in Laredo, yeah. and in Brownsville. You know, come visit us. Come see what we have going on here in the heart of, of the Rio Grande Valley. You know, San Antonio, they will suck a lot of the population up there because they got their own unique Christmas celebration with the river walk and all the lights and all that. But, hey, would not to be outdone, McAllen and the big parade that will be broadcast statewide again, right? There was a... a a it will, broadcast, and okay. it will also be broadcast throughout the, the domestic market in Mexico. Okay. Um, but, you know, our parade is, is, is uh, receiving so many accolades that 
You know, I know San Antonio does their own thing, but there's nothing that you would not expect to see here yeah, in the calendar. Yeah, they do a good job. Um, we just, yeah, we just hosted the IFEA uh, group, which is the International Festival and Event Planning Group. Their association was down. It was an incredible event. Over six countries were represented in this week-long conference at the McAllen Convention Center. And McAllen Events and Parade received over 90 awards. I mean, I'm talking about when you're comparing our parade to the Rose Bowl, um, to the Macy's uh, Thanksgiving Day Parade. I mean, we are now um, rubbing shoulders with that caliber. And so... I'm, we are so proud of all of the work, Mr. Jovetta, at the City of It Italy. is a good show. It's a great, great family show. We should be very proud of it. And, of course, on the campus, uh, they're at the convention center. It's a, it's a wonderful Christmas celebration. Uh, I mentioned San Antonio. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Suarez, uh, the director of the McAllen Chamber of Commerce, joining us right now. I mentioned San Antonio because uh, South Padre was in the news saying, yeah, we're going to name the Spurs, the official, like, official. <laughs> anyway, they're trying to draw from San Antonio down to the island as well. And sure. uh, I think we can compliment, uh, get some folks from San Antonio uh, or Central Texas and uh, San Antonio area that are huge Christmas fans down here as well. The uh, question is, though, do we have the hotel space for them? Because I know that because of Texas Board of Security efforts, a lot of rooms have been taken up, which is good for occupancy numbers. But what can you tell me as far as the availability of hotel rooms in the area for the tourists that we expect for Christmas? Well, I I will tell you that overall occupancy average is about 66%, uh, which is trending uh, higher than it had been during pandemic, of course. So it looks like we're starting to stabilize and we're returning back to pre-pandemic levels. It's a healthy number. We have a healthy uh, availability in the area as well. Um, For the chamber, particularly the CDB, that hotel tax is uh, extremely important. We're anticipating that when we end um, this, when we finish closing the books for uh, fiscal year 22-23, we will see a significant increase in, in hot tax revenue, okay. um, roughly about 20% increase. So for us, that's great news. Um, you know, a big chunk of business uh, is attributed to the conferences that we're bringing in, and we're really proud of that. Okay. Would you say that that 20% increase that is projected, is that representative? Uh, is that a number that you can point to and say, look, the security forces, the Florida DPS, the Texas DPS, all these folks that are working border security, uh, it represents approximately one-fifth or maybe one-sixth of the occupancy right now? I don't have I don't have that data to okay. be able to break it down for you. Okay. I was just basing it uh, on the projected 20% increase in revenue. Uh, any thoughts on convention center bookings for 2024, 2025? How's business? Well, we've been on a roll, again, so much to promote in McAllen. Um, it was a great year when we look at fiscal year 22, 23. We booked about 31 events, about 12, over 12,000 hotel nights. Of those events, we had about 11 sports tournaments and 20 annual conferences. And about 12.6 million is what we anticipate is the uh, economic impact related to these bookings. And so it's been a great time. I'm super excited to see that the fun doesn't stop with last year. We have a lot of activities scheduled. Like in October, we had over 2,000 room nights. Uh, we've got a pretty big group coming in. I'm grateful for our education, our educators and they are bringing in different associations. We've got a, the Association of Migrant Educators coming in with about 500 room nights books for November okay. and another 1,000 room nights books for December related to sports tournaments. And so the great part of the RGV area is our weather, and we're definitely proud to promote that chamber weather. Excellent. Yeah, no, and with the, uh, yeah, with the increasing uh, sports um, power over at UT, RGV, and, of course, the medical school, and Region 1, I would imagine, they'll be using the convention center. And we hope that they continue, use, continue to use the convention center more and more in the near future. Elizabeth Suarez, the director of our Chamber of Commerce. And I want to get, you, again, quick thoughts from you on the resumption of that Mexico City c- connection out of Mexico, right, in February. It, it says a lot about the demand that exists and, and continues to grow, I would, I would su- suspect, in McAllen and in the RGV to direct 
connect to Mexico City because we got a lot of business. And I suspect they want to come over here, shop, and go back home as often as possible. Absolutely. We're really proud of the airport team for being uh, able to uh, bring this uh, new air carrier. The most important part of this news is that we start a good relationship with the Mexican air carrier. So it opens the door uh, for other opportunities in the future. But we're so excited to be able to support this flight. It is an important flight that we support. Um, getting nonstop service to Mexico City was on the top of the agenda for our community, and we're glad to see that happen. Uh, we are excited, and we hope that it works well and that it leads to many other opportunities for our community. And you as the former airport aviation director there at McAllen, the fact that that Mexico City route is resuming, any security conversations, all that that needed to be ironed out, that's done, right, as a result of this resumption? This connection? Oh, yes. We're really happy to see that um, the security downgrade, which Mexico had experienced, was lifted, and that's what's given rise to this new opportunity. And so nothing but good news in terms of getting back to business, working with Mexican carriers. Lots of challenges because we're in, in a queue waiting for our turn, right? So many routes that Mexican carriers kind of uh, were stalled on mm -hmm. because of that security downgrade that as soon as that, that uh, security level was restored, it's been um, it's been a little hectic trying to get in queue. So right. McAllen Airport did a great job at, try, at, uh, at, at getting this done. Yeah. I'm not sure uh, the community quite understands how complicated that yeah. gets. Well, you know, and, as and you, you were the, the airport director for the longest time, and now the director of the McAllen Chamber of Commerce, who we say... Welcome back to KURV. You were missed, and I'm so glad you're at the helm so we can have these regular conversations. Thank you, Liz. This is the only radio station in the Rio Grande Valley for the news and information you need to know. We are News Talk 710 KURV. Discover our Facebook page, 710KURV, also Twitter. I'm Sergio Sanchez, and my email is sergio at kurv.com. Thank you for listening to News Talk 710KURV. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Potomy app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radiopotomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV.